Hello guys and welcome back to Two Gals in a Pod. We are your host Hannah and Ore bringing you real conversations about things that matter and today is the last episode of our financial series. This has really been a lot of fun to record and hopefully you guys have been able to learn some stuff and also enjoyed this com- these conversations. Today we're talking um, a little bit about the frequently asked questions around finances. We asked uh, on our Instagram and we did receive some some questions. We're just going to be going over that today and hopefully you guys will, will be able to um, get some answers to your questions. And so how are you guys doing today? We have our guest Deji with us again and Orange. I feel like at this point I can cl- I can I can do you guys' intro so well. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm just gonna give it a try. Yeah. Give okay. us give us yeah. your yeah, I was gonna say Hello, give us a try. Guys. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast, Two Girls on a Pod. We talk about real <laughs> things that matter. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh yeah, being on the spot is is different. I'm sorry. <laughs> being, being on the spot is different for sure. But yeah, I'm I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. I'm glad to be here. That's good. I just I just had some jollof rice and plantain, so I feel feel good. Oh my goodness! Ah, oh, wow. Man. I want jollof rice and plantain. Yeah. There was a a child a dedication service today at a church. And wow. uh, this person who was getting their child dedicated bought everyone rice, plantain, chicken, puff puff. That's amazing. Fed the wow. church. Wow. Church, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm moving I to. I would Edmonton like that. Tomorrow. I'm moving over. That's great. What? <laughs> man, that's awesome. That's Shout amazing. out to baby man. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Shout to baby out to man. Baby. Yeah. Thank you for getting dedicated <laughs> and serving lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being born. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, let's just get right into it before. Um, yeah, let's just get right into it. So the first question that we got from our Instagram audience is, how do you become consistent in saving? Man, um, fellow stranger, I promise you, I have tried. <laughs> I have tried several <laughs> things. But I'll share two things that work for me and uh, just going to be very practical. The first one is, you know, automating your savings so have the money automatically withdrawn from your account by whoever does it the bank so just have that done automatically so you don't have to see it you know it's it's the strategy i like to call out of sight out of mind so it just goes but i also have a very smaller saving that i keep in the same bank account that i use so i have different banks that i just use so the first one is kind of like the everyday day-to-day stuff so i also have a smaller a smaller amount so let's say like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars that i put on a monthly basis towards the savings account in that my um same everyday bank so the idea of that is you know try to build and become more consistent but you know for whatever reasons if life happens i can just dip into that and just use that for whatever you know like happens and also use that um smaller savings account to you know buy gifts like for the friends any other impromptu trips or or like date nights or stuff so that's what like i try to do but the consistency can only come from you trying and if you find that your willpower fills you you know let the bank help you you know i know for instance kosher bank can they can automatically move like funds for you as you please it depends like on the amount and if you don't have the funds like in your account they will still like withdraw it and then you owe somewhere else so speaking like from experience so just like let that automation do it like for you take advantage of of technology you know like we live in the 21st century 
21st or 22nd century but we, but we live in a time where we have lots of tech so please just let it just use that to your advantage i would say mm-hmm. that's good uh another question that we had was around credit score what is your credit score where can you find your credit score and how can it be be used hmm. Hmm. okay so a credit score is a three-digit number um, in Canada, it's out of 900, um, and uh, there's different levels to the credit score. I'm just going to just get you the levels real quick. Just give me a second. But I know that, um, you know, from about 650 to to about 900 is where you're good. So, you, so like, you don't necessarily have to worry on, on what that looks like. So from 300 to 692, is considered poor or it's considered below average uh from 693 to 742 745 is considered fair from 745 to just about 800 is considered good 790 to 830 is considered very good and 830 above is considered excellent but you don't necessarily need to worry you know i've worked like with a financial institution and to be honest um if your score is over 650 you're good you're good the idea of a credit score is to show once again your credit worthiness. So that means that you know this person on average does not default on payments. You know this person is this this person can pay you know on time. This person you know has not necessarily missed any payments. Or if this person needs to miss a payment, they speak with us. You know it's possible as well to also call like your financial institution and tell them, hey, I can't make this. Like, what can you do like, for me? There's actually services that could be done. You know to like maybe like defer like payment so that's what a credit score pretty much does it shows the banker or shows whoever you go to meet like a snapshot of your financial credit worthiness so if for instance you have a bank with td and you want to speak with rbc like for a mortgage they share the same information and the funny thing actually is that these banks do not directly um, f- um kind of keep a tab on the credit scores we have like third-party companies in canada at least uh you know like the transunion the equifax the borrower credit karma that you can check your scores and see how you're doing and you may also find that this course may vary you know maybe by like plus or minus 15 points you know for, on each different uh credit report uh credit bureaus uh bureaus actually yes so that's what like, they call themselves uh the reason is just in their reporting standards it doesn't really matter you could just use an average of of the, of all of them to see what your real score is but you just want to shoot to be 650 i'm currently over so i'm currently in in the high 700s and i think i'm done obsessing over the credit score as long <laughs> as i'm good and just consistent like, yeah. so like i'm just there but you can definitely use that to get in, you know, more loans or leverage like some more as well too in that space. Mm-hmm. That's true. I use Credit Karma. I have like the app on my phone. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, so we're trying to work with like a mortgage broker, Patrick and I, like just like yeah. inquiring about housing and like getting, buying a house. And they are saying that our credit score needs to be um, above uh, 680 i think and three mm. years of uh, credit history history yeah. yeah so yeah i mean i don't really check it that often but i get notifications from them sometimes like you have more yeah. offers buy get this credit yeah. card and do all- yeah. yeah so yeah yeah yeah, but, um, yeah that's how yes i did do it yeah <laughs> it's it's definitely nerve-wracking um you also find 
that um, with the credit score and stuff, um, you know, there is a bit of misconception going on. So Go you ahead. also find that um, in the in the space of credit cards and like credit scores, there's a bit of misconception, like when it comes to, you know, checking your score, would that affect like your credit score mm-hmm. or would that, you know, you know, make like any issues. So like with that and um, I short answer is no. Long answer is it depends. It depends on several things, you know. So short answer no being that if, for instance, you download like the app Credit Karma and you check that to just say that what your score is, it doesn't affect anything, you know, it doesn't do anything. But let's say if you are applying for a credit product, so like a mortgage or like a loan or like a line of credit, the company would have to check to have to make an official request to the credit bureau to get your credit history. So that is where it can affect that or that's what happens, you know. And what happens is that the score might go down by like 10 points, but it goes back up almost like immediately. So like in the next month or two months. So that's why it depends. So it doesn't like, it's not a permanent um, effect on your score. And it goes back up maybe like in two to three months at at the max. And uh, it's something that would not affect you if you keep looking at it time and again. So like, you don't have to worry. You can check your score as many times as you like. You're all good. Just make sure you pay your bills because you can see your credit report as well too. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that like for big purchases, people look at, they'll like pull your credit score. So for that instance, it would most likely be a hard check, right? Yes, so that's called a hard pull. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that is when the bank would have to request that from the borough, and then that is when you know your score might be affected. Not every time, but yeah, um, the chances that you may see like a, just a little decrease in that maybe like the following month, but in the two months after that, everything should be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, every time, every time I feel like I'm <laughs> learning something new. I feel so ashamed of myself because I've been in Canada for five years. Like this person that asked about the credit, um, car sorry, credit score did yeah. a good job asking because I I really don't check my credit score. I I yeah. know that I pay my bills on time. I know that's what I do, and I in yeah. my head my credit score is great. Yeah. I've never checked. I promise it in you, my are, life. I was gonna be uh in the same boat as you are, but you know for two reasons. One, yeah, I move a lot. Like I move apartment a lot mm. and recently you have to give them a credit score as well too so that made me you know want to be right. conscious of what my score is and that's why and secondly scotia bank yeah. has an inbuilt transunion feature in the app where you can see your score so Ooh, in real time so you can wow. see your score in real that's time nice. and it gets updated monthly so when it gets updated mm-hmm. like like you get an alert so you always want to strive to do better and, and like everything so that's the reason why i wouldn't do that but personally i don't think i would care less about like what the score is yeah wow scotia bank is doing no, a great no, job please That's don't give them too much credit, i like that please. yeah yeah don't give them too much credit. <laughs> oh, okay sorry <laughs> richer than you think scotia bank <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh my god now we're diving into Ooh. a real estate question that we got is it worth it to invest in it now and how do i do that hmm. yeah you know what? For a change, <laughs> I would like to hear the both of you answer first, and let's see what that may look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think personally, yes, because okay. if you invest in real estate, I mean, everyone—it's 
uh, I think it is an area where people are always going to want to be investing in and and buying and selling and these type of things. Right now, I feel like housing prices are really stupid. <laughs> but uh, I do think that it's good because it, you're building equity. You're you know it's kind of like a forced savings. Your mortgage, being able to put money into to your house each month, and I think that. I mean, if you talk to a lot of rich people, they all say, like, number one thing, invest in real estate. I don't know about right now, but I feel like personally I would like to invest in, in real estate. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Or please take it away. Oh, oh. oh sorry. I think. No, I, I just wanted to say, like, yes, I think it's not yeah. a bad thing to invest in real estate now. Because to me, this is how I think. Yeah. Real estate is housing. Everybody needs a house. The housing is always in demand, so why not? Hmm. That's kind of all I have to say. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. But. okay, okay, okay. Um, so for me, I wouldn't say yes or no, uh, because real estate is an investment, definitely. Um, however, I feel like when we discuss real estate or own or like ownership, we tend to ignore or not speak more on the cost of ownership when it comes to like real estate. So um, in regards to other investment forms, so once again, stocks or different other things, once you buy a share on your broker, maybe like a wealth simple, it's there. You know, you maybe you get like your dividend sometimes if it's a dividend paying stock or, or like that's it. But like whereas when it's like a real estate, there is different fees you have to pay from the closing costs to your property taxes to like any like home like maintenance costs as well too and if it's a condo you pay your special assessments if you have that you pay your condo fees if you have that uh you pay for any damage you pay insurance as well too you pay for like your sewer tanks you pay for your heater tanks you pay for different things as well too but also if you're a landlord there's other implicit costs as well that you bear as well too if your tenant calls you in the middle of the night and says hey like the water like it's not working or the um, drainage is blocked or something guess who has to fix that that is you so that increases the amount of variable cost of uncertainties and like unknowns the different costs that like appears as well so you know when the weeds grow out like in your garden you have to pay someone to clear that out or you have to do it yourself when it snows you have to fix like you know figure that out as well to like you have to you know, like set up like your garbage days and do different things so just so there's different different costs costs that you can quantify like in like money or costs that you know that are implicit that you can't necessarily see with your eyes but you necessarily have to bear over the course of time as well to that happens as well you know uh like another cost as well too is the cost of you know like making your house you know up to standard you know in case you want to sell it so if you buy a house today in 2022 by 2045 the house wouldn't be up to standard in for, for 2045 so you have to put in tens of thousands or, or hundreds of thousands into the house to like repair to keep it up to standard you know and um overall once you sell your house yes i know that like the conventional wisdom is to sell the house for a profit you know but the truth is that the amount that you put into the house with the you know your implicit cost as well too or or like your initial um price that you bought the house for you may struggle to break even talk less of you make a profit now don't get me wrong in this particular day and age where we find ourselves and so like from 2021 to 2022 house prices have been doing a madness a madness has been happening you know i saw in brampton for instance on our rentals uh, that a house uh, went up in value 
by one million dollars in six months. That is unheard of. That does not happen in Brampton. In Ontario. Brampton. In Brampton, <laughs> yes. God. If you're from Brampton, I'm sorry. I'm not even sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah. But yeah, so like that <laughs> happened. So that is unheard of. Uh-huh. There is no way someone can save that much or even get a loan or down payment for that in yeah. six months. So um so this period in time is what we consider like an outlier because it's just things are just happening. So, but mm. traditionally or, or like, you know, speaking, uh, speaking from a more longer period of time, you know, those are costs that I, I think that we don't necessarily, mm. you know, think about or talk about when it comes to ownership with like mm. real estate. But real estate is definitely not a bad investment. Like, like you can't go wrong, mm. uh, you know, uh, to know how much it means to have a roof over your head or to have shelter, like, like you know, as well, to, mm-hmm. or to also talk of the fact that, you know, when you have tenants, that is cash flow positive as well, to, you know, like the rent mm-hmm. could go towards the mortgages and, and to go to, like towards different things or different other, you know, expenses that, um, that could be beneficial for your taxes as well, to that when it comes to like, you know, owning. Mm-hmm. So just different things, but I feel like we need to be weary in those regard, like in that mm-hmm. regard, when it comes to like, or rather more holistic yes mm-hmm. well, so we discuss everything as a whole mm-hmm. when it comes to like the real estate yeah right and that ladies and gentlemen is why i am not a financial guru <laughs> and why you should not take advice from me oh, or from please, please, please do you your own advice. research <laughs> <laughs> do you think that um if you say if you own a couple of houses and, you know, the appreciation, like the value of the home has increased. Do you think that it is wise to uh, hold on to the house, keep the cash flow going from tenants or sell the house? Because I know that, so there's some people that I know that um, they go to a new neighborhood, they buy the house, then they sell it, take the equity of the house and or whatever. They get the money from the house, then they move to a new neighborhood, buy a new house, and they just kind of keep going like that like keep that process going yeah like do you think it's worth to like keep the house for a much longer period of time so you have that cash flow or just keep selling and moving Hmm. okay so um definitely without much more information um I'm just going to assume based on information they gave him, but we you know, would need more information to kind of give like like an advice or like a suggestion on like, what to do. But in theory, it does sound like that's something that someone could do. But in practice, but like uh, practically speaking, um, in fact, the, the government is beginning to crack down on that, you know, people who flip houses. So I believe you, I believe when you buy a house, you have to indicate that you want to use that or you want to reside in the property for I think six months or something. And, they are beginning to introduce a bill um, provincially right now uh, where um, any house that sits vacant, let's say you have more, yeah, like more than two houses and you have like a vacant house, you have to pay a tax. So like an additional tax as well to like for home buyers. Um, do I think it's good for, or do I think it's like worthwhile to keep doing that or keep the cash flow positive? I say it depends on what you want to like achieve. So like, you know, if, you know, you are in a, in an area where the population is dense, almost like maybe beside like a university where you know that students are always going to be there. So like the demand is almost guaranteed. Um, 
sure, why not? You know, you can have that. You know, you could have that for your kids as well too. It's a source of income as well. And when you're ready to sell, you could sell down the line. But if you're in a place where you know, like you're up and coming, or the economic conditions are sort of like uncertain, you know, it may be like a better idea to sell. You know, or cut your losses and move to like somewhere else. You know, I feel like it depends on like where you find yourself in. It depends on even uh, the need for cash as well too. So like as well, I know also that if one needs cash, like you necessarily have to sell but you could draw a line of credit against the property so that is called like a home equity line of credit like so you use the house as a collateral i believe you can draw up to 80 percent of the value so like the l2 so ltv which is the loan to like value ratio up to 80 percent so like of that could be drawn from that and uh you know there are different ways to just leverage like the property so that without selling but uh, if the business is to flip a house then um I don't, I, I worry or like I worry, yeah, like rather for the sustainability of that business, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. This person that I know, um, in, he was in Ottawa. He would buy the house, Yeah. would buy the house and live in it with his family for a period of time, sell yeah. it. And he was a real estate agent. So he would sell his own house, move yeah. to a new place and do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's. Yeah, that's how you have to like circumvent the regulations of living there because you have to live there for I believe minimum six months or so before you can mm-hmm. you know, think of just like selling it. That makes sense. You know what's also crazy is that uh, we Patrice and I were going to see this house and we were talking with the like the property management people. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> they were telling us that this couple had agree they're gonna buy the house they just went up stairs to like kind of uh pick out custom customizations and different things and while they were upstairs uh the lady she got a call from the builders or whoever and they increased the price by 20 grand while they were upstairs and they came back down they're like okay we're good we picked out our our upgrades and things ready to like put an offer and then she had to tell them while you were upstairs in that five minute period, the house increased by Man. 20 grand. <laughs> Man. That's crazy. Yes. yes. So there's no way you can like put the price on like a whole, like while I'm trying to do Not. my upgrade oh. or something. In wow. five How minutes. They were like, gone for five minutes and the house yeah. price increased by 20 grand. Yeah. So, all right, uh, I would definitely say right now, it's definitely uh, a seller's market. So what that means is that the seller is pretty much setting so, so like the prices. However, the government can definitely do more mm-hmm. um, to, you know, kind of like reduce those, like this, like momentum we find so, so like ourselves in and everything to like make that. And we already seen signs from increasing the interest rates. So because the interest rates are going up, that means that many people will not necessarily be able to get more mortgages because it will be a harder process to pass the requirements. So something called a stress test to get like the mortgage. So because of that happening, many people will not, so not as many people will be able to have access to like a mortgage in Canada. However, the problem, part of the problem that Canada is facing in the housing market is not necessarily from the local buyers, but, but more from the foreign buyers or foreign investors. You know, so funds from outside of the, of Canada are coming into the country and uh, making the prices become artificially inflated. 
So that happened in the in the Vancouver space. That happened in Toronto. And that's happening across the whole country. So um, part of the reasons why is because the government has policies in place for that. I don't necessarily want to get. I'll just give you guys like a TLDR or like just to like just give like a summary. We're just like saying the policy is to have as many people immigrating to Canada as possible because Canada is a land that you know it can definitely host like 70 million people and I believe our population is just under like 40 million so we have about 30 more million people to go so the immigration is so so there's more people coming into the country which means that more, more people are bidding for houses more people are bringing funds from outside of the country into Canada which is causing the prices to you know be astronomically high uh, so we find ourselves in like in a position where you may see in the future where couples like and by couples i mean maybe like two different couples are you know putting funds together to buy a house so you can see like a communal living can be like something more popular like in the future maybe like in 10 years like or so or something crazy because um the prices if they don't get stabilized yeah i worry for the future for the future buyers that's crazy but we have our last question for our um faq from our listeners and last question is what is life insurance and is it worth it to have? <laughs> oh man. Insurance in general is worth it. If you can get any form of insurance, this is the advice I'll give anybody listening at all. I don't care your income level. I don't care your background. If you can get any form of insurance, it is worth it. But life insurance is pretty much, you know, uh, you pay a premium and in the event of uh, your passing, be it untimely, like or not, um, a lump sum payment is made to your beneficiary. You know, it's a way of leaving, um, leaving inheritance for the people that you left left behind. So, so, so as well too. And the best thing about this is that so many companies, from your banks to also insurance companies as well, to have different policies. You know, and you can customize these policies based on, you know, like your health, your age, you know, like your work and different things as well too. So, um, insurance, not just life insurance. You know, uh, insurance for like home insurance. You know, phone insurance, any form of like insurance. Please take advantage of that. Health insurance. Uh, different things insurance yes uh it's marketed like in a way that you pay a fee like every month and things don't happen but you're not paying for when things don't happen you're paying in the eventuality that things do happen so that's what you want to take advantage of uh life insurance you know is very very beneficial it's very 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 beneficial it's very very helpful um uh, uh not only can can you pass like that inheritance so like as well too but when you receive the funds as well too i mean it's because like it's a lump sum they don't pay any taxes so like on that like as well too. so it's very beautiful for you know for the people you know, you know in the event like of of your passing like your estate will be set up for at least they will be able to like bear like the funeral cost or bear like any other cost for the next six months or so till they get like the feet like going like as well too. so it's a good thing i would suggest that if you can please get it if you can't work towards getting it insurance that makes sense. That makes sense. I know that there's a bunch of MLM companies that do life insurance. And so that's... Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, true, true, true. I, I I, just try to go for the brand names. I don't care. I just go for like the Sun Lives or the, or the Great Canada Life or something like that. So I don't want to play any games with any small ones that yeah. like, I don't know. Please. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> I've had so many people try to sell Patrobus life insurance. Oh jeez, how did that go? He, he he knows the MLM game. He knows. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, yeah, like I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. We have come to the end of this series. Sadly, this was a lot of fun to to do, and we really hope that you guys uh, enjoyed it as much as we did. It was is definitely a good conversation to have because a lot of the younger generation, especially I know my siblings included, <laughs> they there's still a lot to learn about finances and financial literacy. It's very important. So thank you so much, Deji, for informing us and uh, educating us about finances, investments, savings, all that good stuff. So thanks so much. And thank you all for listening. You know what to do. Like, subscribe, uh, share this episode with your friends and family. And yeah, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for having me. Hey friends. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. We wanted to let you know that we will be taking a summer break and we'll be back in the fall. Until then, feel free to go back and listen to our episodes, maybe catch up on a few that you missed, and message us on social media with some ideas for episodes. We would really love that or any questions you might have. We look forward to coming back in the fall with some new episodes. Until then, have a great summer, guys. Bye!